Welcome to First United Methodist Church's worship service. We are a church that strives to know God, love God, and serve God. We are one church with two locations. The Whitmore Lake Campus is located at the corner of Main Street and East Shore Drive at 9318 Main Street in Whitmore Lake, Michigan. The Brighton Campus is located at the intersection of Brighton Lake Road and Grand River Avenue at 400 East Grand River Avenue in Brighton, Michigan. Please visit us online at brightonfumc.org to learn about in-person worship times at both locations. Worship will begin shortly. We are glad that you are with us. Pastors here, and if this is your first Sunday with us, we're so glad that you decided to make this your spiritual home this Sunday morning. And if you've been worshiping with us for a long time, we're grateful to have you here as well as we gather for worship this morning. We're continuing our sermon series about the parables that Jesus taught, and we hope that something that we share or say or pray or sing together uh, makes a difference in your walk of faith Monday through Saturday of this week. We are excited to gather here together, and we hope that as we study the teachings of Jesus, that it will enhance your understanding of the lessons that Jesus taught his disciples and others that gathered to listen to him teach and preach almost 2,000 years ago. As we gather here in this place, I want to share with you that uh, we would love it if you would take a moment and fill out the connection cards that hopefully were passed out to you in the bulletin as you walked in this morning. That's how we uh, keep record that you are here each and every Sunday morning. And there are a bunch of ministries on the reverse side of that card that we would love to, to just know if you're interested in participating or engaging with any of those ministries. And in addition to that, there are yellow prayer cards that are in the pew back in front of you. If there's anything that we can be praying for you or alongside you about, we encourage you to fill out those as well. As we gather here um, I want to let you know that there's Sunday school downstairs in the basement. It's actually a special Sunday school lesson. There are some jump ropers who uh, travel all around the country, and they're going to be teaching their kids, the kids about taking leaps of faith. So if you feel, you know, like you really belong down there instead of listening to a parable of Jesus, I will not take offense to it if you walk downstairs and observe the jump ropers who are nationally acclaimed. So uh, I'll respect you if you, uh, if you feel like you'd rather be down there. As we gather for worship this morning, I I hope that in the midst of our time together, you grow in your experience of knowing God, loving God, and serving God. And I want to extend a warm welcome to everybody who's watching and, and worshiping with us from the comfort of their own homes or traveling up north. It's been so fun. Uh, people have shared pictures of worshiping literally on like Daytona Beach. People have been worshiping up at their cabins up north. And so we're grateful that, that the community of faith that gathers here in this church extends beyond the, the boundaries of these walls. And we are the body of Christ helping people to know God, love God, and serve God regardless of where their geographical location is on a Sunday morning. So with that, I encourage you to please stand and join us as you're able to uh, sing song number 395, Take time to be holy.
join me in the opening prayer. Lord Jesus, we come together to hear your stories and sing songs of praise. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and lift us up so that we can become the people you would have us be. Lead us to a life filled with purpose and meaning. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. scripture reading is from Luke 11, 1 through 13. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive anyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose that you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside says, don't bother me, the door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't give up and give you anything. 
I tell you that even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The word of God for the people of God. Amen. Thank you, Randy, for sharing those words with us this morning from the Gospel of Luke. I invite you to join me now in a time of prayer. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be measured and found acceptable to you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer, and the one who calls us to pray. Amen. Well, just about every year for the last couple of years, my family has sort of, we call it a family group up. People come in from all different parts of the country. It's almost like a family reunion. People gather. We sort of pick a spot for the upcoming year, and and everyone just comes in. We camp. We go to get... um, uh, cabins, or we stay in, a, in some sort of place, an Airbnb. And, and this year, uh, we're heading up to Tawas Point State Park. And just actually this afternoon, we're heading. But a couple of years ago, we decided that we were going to gather at a, at a set of cabins just outside of Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore. And everything was, was very exciting. We couldn't wait to go there. Everybody in my family was coming in from Minnesota and from from down south in Texas, and we all were going to gather up in this beautiful, sort of divinely inspired national lakeshore that has been set aside and preserved for all time. And everything was exciting about it, except for one thing. Earlier that year, we had just found out that my mom had been diagnosed with stage 3 ovarian cancer, And everybody in my family was terrified. It was like there was a pall over the entire gathering. We were anxious about it because it was so advanced, and she had met with the oncologist, and the oncologist had sort of said, like, actually, he was a saint, I have to tell you. He came in, and he said, you have absolutely nothing to worry about. And there was a part of me that was like, thank you for saying that. I don't care whether it's true. That was the most wonderful thing that you could have said to all of us. And then the other half of me was like, are you a liar also? I mean, like... Are you telling me the truth? Because all the literature that you read online was scary, to say the least. And so we all got in our vehicles, and we started gathering, actually not by pictured rocks, but right by the Mackinac Bridge. And if you've ever stayed up there, there are a couple of hotels that have just the, the most divinely inspired sort of overlook to the Mackinac Bridge. You can sit out on a balcony, and I remember rendezvousing with my mom and dad at a hotel that we could literally go out the back and into this balcony, and my mom was sitting there in a, in a lazy boy recliner because she was in such you know, discomfort that she could barely move at that particular time, and you could just, at that point, you knew, right? The whole trip was just going to be tough because my mom was in such a difficult spot. 
And I remember sitting there thinking, like, this just isn't fair. My mom has worked her entire life to, to provide for us as kids. She was still working at the time, and I was just, like, angry. I was upset with, with all powers in the universe that, that somebody could go through their whole life talking about how exciting it was going to be to help raise grandkids, to babysit, to go through all of the latter stages, the joys of life, and yet here she was with what seemed to be terminal ovarian cancer. And I remember I sat down next to her, and we were talking, you know, not about the weather, not about stuff that doesn't matter that much, but about the real stuff. And in the midst of that conversation, you know, she said, like, I'm ready if that's the way that things go. I mean, I've had a wonderful life, but but then I, I just was, like, so upset that I, like, just remember looking up into the skies, which, I mean, it was just paradise up there, looking up into nearly a cloudless sky and just saying, like, God, I, I know I'm not in control of this. And, and I know that there's almost nothing that I can do one way or another about this situation, but I just need to know that you're there right now. And literally within the next 20 minutes, in almost a cloudless sky, we looked out over the Mackinac Bridge and there was a rainbow over the Mackinac Bridge. Now, I don't know about you, but, I, you know, when you're looking for, like, a sign in the sky, right, that things are going to be okay, it doesn't get much better than a rainbow going over the Mackinac Bridge in this beautiful place. And I turned to my mom and I said, Mom, I don't know how, I don't know what's going to happen, but, but I really believe everything's going to be okay. She was probably, like, easy for you to say, you know. But I remember seeing that. I was like, I, I, I don't know, you know, how much more clear in that moment God could be. And, and I have to say, I walked out of that conversation, that experience, that moment, and, and John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, had this experience on the Aldersgate Street, you know, where he's reading the Book of Romans, and he said that his heart was strangely warmed because he had experienced the very real presence of God. Like, I, I, up to that point, I sort of understood that at a cerebral level, right, that God could, like, intervene and connect with us on, on deep emotional levels and that we could have that personal experience with God. I've had that a couple of times throughout the course of my life, but in that moment I was like, oh, th- this is what it's like when your heart is strangely warmed. Uh, and my mom still to this day, you know, continues to be cancer-free, and I re- recognize that that's not everybody's story. Some people who are diagnosed with the exact same cancer, in fact, the vast majority who are diagnosed with stage 3-plus cancer of the ovarian kind typically don't make it five years out. And I recognize that, that all of those folks probably have folks praying for them, literally knocking on the door of heaven saying, God, like, where are you just as I did that day? And I don't pretend to understand all of that, but in that moment I did feel like God heard me. And God said, John, I, I, like, this, I can't do any better than painting a rainbow in the sky to let you know that I'm here listening to you. I, I don't know if you've ever had moments like that in your prayer life where you were just like, God, I, you know, whatever happens in this situation, that's one of the things that we pray in the Lord's Prayer that we read this morning, not my will, but thy will be done. One of the things that we can do sometimes when we go to God in prayer is just say, I'm not in control. I recognize that. I can't manipulate all of the situations in the world. I can't make bad things better. I can't solve all the world issues. And and there are some global issues, right? But 
I just need to know that you're hearing me. I need to know that it's okay. I need to know that you're still with me. I need to know that you're wrapping your arms around me. I need to know that you're holding me in the palm of your hand. I need to know that you're the great physician. I need to know that you are weeping by my side. And I think that's the posture that God takes when there's tragedy in the world. God isn't, you know, estranged or disconnected or or removed from the realities of human suffering. Instead, I think God, in the form of Jesus, says, I too know what it means to suffer. I too know what it means to experience the darkest days on this planet. But I also know even in that moment, even when it seems the darkest or when the rain clouds are opening up and the heavens are pouring down on us and it seems like literally everything is going wrong, that God says, I've been there. And I think that's one of the things that makes Christianity, our story of faith, beautiful and unique is, is that Jesus had skin in the game, that Jesus came and literally sat with the disciples and they walk up to him and they're like, I have no idea how to pray teach us how to pray. And Jesus teaches them the Lord's Prayer, which they continue to share, and that's been passed down from generation to generation for nearly 2,000 years. It's a beautiful prayer that we spent a sermon series sort of studying a couple months back. Not my will, (laughs) but thy will be done. It's hard to release control. You know, we want to, to sort of have like a vending machine God, right? Like where we, where we put our debit card in or, or back in the old days you like put your couple dollars in and you dial up the prayers, you know, and then push the button and like God just like drops a blessing out of the sky right into the, you know, and then you've got your Skittles, right? There's this great Janis Joplin song, maybe you guys have heard it before, you know, where it sort of sounds like a prayer. Oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? Has anybody heard that song? My friends all have Porsches and I'm trying to make amends or something like that. Uh, We oftentimes imagine that that God's up there sort of answering the prayers that we call out, you know, and, and if we want a Mercedes Benz, we should have one. But I think the reality of our experience in prayer is that God is always listening. One of my favorite scenes in any movie is when Morgan Freeman, you know, is playing the role of God and he hands it over, right? and, And he's like, yeah, go ahead, take your shot at answering all these prayers. And suddenly, like, the room is filling up with all of these letters and he's getting completely overwhelmed with all the prayer requests that are coming in. I know that many of us take time, hopefully on a daily basis, maybe a weekly basis, maybe a monthly basis, maybe an hourly basis, to turn to God in prayer, to lift up the concerns that are on our heart, to have a conversation with God, to spend a moment saying, God, not my will, but thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. Provide everything that we need. Forgive me of the things that I've done wrong. And let me forgive the people who have done wrong to me. It's a beautiful prayer that captures pretty much everything that there is necessary for the basics of our human life. And I don't know about you, but I hope that at some point in your life, even if it's in a small, sort of immeasurable way, you have felt that God is listening as you've gone to God in prayer. Whatever that situation might have looked like, 
Other times in my life I have gone to God in prayer. I distinctly remember the evening when I was in college living at Albion. I was living actually just above the sanctuary of the United Methodist Church, which is funny. It's very creepy to live in a church, by the way. It's like a big space where there's supposed to be lots of people, but at 11 o'clock at night, I'm here to tell you in Albion, all there were were bats. That was, uh, but I remember one night I was, I was talking with somebody, and I was just feeling this Im- immense amount of like guilt and shame, and we were talking on America Online. Do you remember America Online? Back in the day, Instant Messenger. And I remember she said, you're a good person. And, and, and I remember just feeling like washed and forgiven. This moment where the weight of the world was lifted off of my shoulders And there are a couple of other experiences that I've had in the midst of my life where prayer has transformed me and it's made me a different person where I felt the grace of God sort of washing over me. And I hope that at some point in your life you've experienced the presence of God in the midst of prayer. One of the prayers that I pray every single day when I'm driving to church, usually after I drop my kids off at school, there's a little bit more clarity at that moment than there is when I'm driving my kids to school in the morning. But usually between Brighton Montessori and this church, I always ask God, show me one person that I am supposed to talk with today. Now, I'm an extrovert. That might not be the prayer of many of us, right? Like many of you might be praying, God, give me some quiet time today, and that would be just fine. But I oftentimes find that if I just say, God, who is the one person that you would have me talk to today? That way, when they come into my office, I'm like, maybe this is the person. And I don't know what your rituals are around prayer. But I hope in the midst of the month of August, as we turn the page into, you know, the last month of the summer before fall, it tends to be a time when when maybe we aren't quite as busy. Maybe you are. Maybe you're traveling. Maybe you're going somewhere across the country. But I hope that during the month of August, you'll take this opportunity to cultivate and enrich your prayer life. I find it a little bit easier, you know, to pray when you're like sitting on a beach in West Michigan or you go up to a cabin up north and you're not distracted by like a lot of traffic or maybe like kids asking questions like, Dad, why did God make bunnies? You know, which is like regular on the way to preschool every morning. Dad, where does money come from? How much money is there in the world? But maybe during this month of August, you can set aside some time and cultivate, if you haven't already, maybe you do this every day, but some sort of experience, some sort of ritualistic practice where you're communing with God through prayer. I, I don't know what'll happen, truthfully. Maybe, maybe you'll find at the end of the month of August, you're like, well, that was fun, Pastor John, but nothing really happened. Uh, but maybe it would. Maybe in the midst of that time, you would grow in your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Maybe in the midst of that time, you would have your eyes opened just a little bit wider to the miraculous. In Men with Tools, we've been studying this book by an astrophysicist that's writing at a level that's so far above my head. But, but what I can gather at this particular moment on Tuesday mornings is, is that God created the heavens and the earth, and inside the heavens there are 200 billion galaxies, and in each galaxy there's 200 billion stars. I mean, most of us, like, we can't even conceive, right, of what that even means. 
But in the midst of all of that creation, in the midst of everything going on in the universe, our faith suggests to us that God is listening to the prayers of each and every one of us. And I find that incredibly humbling. I find that inspiring. And I hope that over the course of this next month, that you can take on some sort of daily prayer ritual. Maybe it's praying before meals. Maybe it's praying before you get in the car. Maybe it's praying before you go to bed. Maybe it's praying while you brush your teeth. Maybe it's praying while you're getting up and getting ready. Maybe it's praying at the very first moment that you open your eyes in the day and you just say, I want to thank God for being alive. But I wonder how much prayer can change us in the next month. The disciples gathered around Jesus and they were like, Jesus, how how ought we to pray? What exactly are we to say when we go to God in prayer? Does God hear us? And Jesus teaches them, you know, that that all you have to do is, is to seek and to knock and the door will be open. You will find in the midst of that experience of seeking God in prayer something. And so I want to encourage us to try You can pray for your family, for your church, for yourself, for the world, whatever it might be. You can pray for Vacation Bible School or the United Methodist Women or United Women of Faith. You can pray for the Men with Tools group on Tuesday mornings. You can pray for your extended relatives. You can pray for climate change. You can pray for the social issues that are impacting our world today. You can pray because your heart is just on fire with all of the different needs and issues. But I want to encourage you to cultivate a practice of prayer because you never know what you might find. Thanks be to God for a God that listens and hears us even in our moments of greatest need. And thank God for the rainbows in our life that remind us that God is still listening. Will you join me in a time of prayer? Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we know that you're always listening, that you're always hearing, that you're always watching over us. And so we pray that we would have the eyes to see the rainbows in our life that come as a sign and a reminder of your presence in our life. And we're grateful for the people that intersect with our path to remind us of who you are and whose we are. We're grateful for the stars in the sky and the beauty of water. We're grateful for all of creation that is in itself a testimony to who you are. From the very small to the incredibly large, we pray that you would remind us of your good work. In Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
So as we enter a time of prayer again, um, I wanted to call your attention to today's prayer quilts. They are from Mike and Roger, so make sure to say a prayer for them, and they will be outside uh, for us to tie a knot and sign the card as we head out. So it's been a while since I've been up here to do the prayer, but if you recall, I usually have some great story, life lesson, I don't know, wonderful conundrum that I've gotten myself into. So typically the week before I write my prayer, I do a little, you know, meditation. Most of the time it happens in the car. Think of things that relate to what today's uh, sermon is going to be about. And we've had a sermon series about parables, which are about life lessons. And today was about prayer. So, I mean, come on, this must, this had to have been a great slam-bang prayer today. What kind of pressure was that? And I got nothing. Nothing came. I, I, it, I even on the way to church today, I was like, oh, Lord, I know you left it to the last minute. I know this is, it's, it's it. I'm going to meditate. It's coming. Here it comes. Pulled into the parking lot and not a thing was here. And then, as I'm sitting there, 
listening to Pastor John's wonderful message, I realized that that was it. That was the lesson. You don't have to have something that comes to you like a rainbow. It doesn't have to smack you in the head. It doesn't have to be a parable life lesson every day. It doesn't have to be a wonderful bolt of lightning that comes down from God. And you don't have to be great at prayer. It doesn't have to be something that comes and fills you up. It's just something that comes out of your mouth or doesn't even come out of your mouth. So that is what I'm leading us into as I give you the prayer today. Here we go. Dear Lord, thank you for the chances to learn. The chance we get each day to learn from our communities and those around us, but especially on these Sundays to learn from you. We praise you for all the wonderful people in our lives and the supports we have, the community of believers that surround us and our families that are in our lives that have come to us and those that have come to us that are not biological family but are like family to us. Thank you for all the comforts that surround us, those things that you bring us to help, those people that you bring us to help, and those things that you bring to our lives to bring us joy, to lift our spirits, and to bring us hope. Today we pray for all people, for ourselves. We pray to ease the burdens of life, the stress that comes with financial instability, with difficulty in housing, with sickness, with addiction, with natural, natural disasters. We pray that you bring to us and others moments of peace and guidance, of clarity and hope and ease to the hearts and minds of those experiencing these losses and help us to be the support to those folks and to be the light of hope to them. The sermon series focuses on parables, those stories that give models of your word and that asks us to contemplate how your word translates into our lives. We each have our own story that tells the tale of how we came to be who we are at this very moment and our relationship with you, how we've leaned on you in our worst times or questioned how we can make it through. And today's parable reminds us to focus on those lessons and models around us, that you do not expect perfection, but give us models to help us to get where we need to be. Sometimes the words that come to mind during these times of prayer just don't seem sufficient or we don't have the words to express our thanks or ask for what we need. In our lowest times, those times that we feel the need to pray the most, we have a hard time finding the right words. Our spirit feels dark, our minds clouded, and at those times, we're thankful to you that just sitting in your presence is enough. Just opening our hearts is enough. Just closing our eyes and being silent is enough for you. Fill our hearts with your love. Fill our spirits with your glory. Bring hope 
to the hopeless? Speak to those even when they're not listening and shine your light on our darkest moments without having to hear a word from our lips. And now, let us each spend some silent time speaking from our hearts. And now let's join our voices together and pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, or deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Everyone who contributed, everyone who contributed to our um, our special offering over the last month, it was for a 13th mortgage payment that uh, this church has been has been paying on for almost 26 years at this point, and uh, we're very grateful that that because of the incredible generosity of, of members of this church and from folks in the community, we were able to raise uh, a 13th mortgage payment and then some, some to continue our work towards paying off the mortgage debt. So I just want to say a huge thank you uh, to everybody who contributed to help make that possible. Bill, if you'd like to come forward and share with us a mission moment. Thank you. Well, good morning. My name is uh, Bill Draving. I am the head of the missions committee for the 2022 year. Um, And so this morning I want to talk about, maybe not to everyone, but everyone has different passions and different gifts. And if your passion or your gift is working with the food ministry, then that's who I want to talk to you today. Because what we do at Brighton, and in my history as a United Methodist, is about food, because I like to eat. So um, we have, we support in Ann Arbor, we serve breakfast at the St. Andrew's Church. They serve breakfast every single day of the year. If you're ever interested in volunteering down there to serve breakfast, please let me know. Here in Brighton, we have fish and loaves, which every Sunday, a different church around our area gives out an evening meal. We do it here every other month, the fourth Sunday of the month. We also have gleaners. There's a cart back there that we collect food for, that the, the food stays in this area. Then we go down to Cass once a month where we help with their food ministries or we do other things there, 120 other things that we do down there. But that's in Detroit, and that's one of the ways that we support the ministries down there. And then as you came in today, you noticed out, out past the, the doors here, we have food set up for you to pack lunches today. That's for the NOAA project. It means networking, organizing, and advocating for the homeless. And it is done out of Central United Methodist Church, which is right next to where the Tigers play. Um, And so as you leave here today, we ask you to be part of the missions of this church with our food ministry by making a lunch. And if it's on your heart and it's in your passion and it's one of your gifts to work in the food ministry, please let me know and I'll get you plugged in so that we can make sure your gifts are being used to the best intent God had in mind. Amen.
Thanks so much, Bill, for those words and for your leadership and giftedness in leading missions here at the church. At this time, we have an opportunity to respond to God's goodness in our midst through the giving of our tithes and our offerings. And so in a moment, the ushers are going to be moving through the worship space to help us with that. And I just want to let you know that if this is your first Sunday with us, please feel no obligation to give. Your presence, just in and of itself, is a huge gift to us. But if this is your spiritual home, we invite you to give generously so that the ministries of our church can thrive, so that we can continue to be a blessing to folks in our community. Will the ushers please come forward? Amen. Lord, we bring our tithes and offerings from all that you have created and provided for us. Accept the gifts we place before you now. May the peace of God surround us, the Spirit of God empower us, and the joy of God uphold us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Amen. Well, as we conclude our time together, I just want to share with you a couple of closing announcements as we gather together this morning. The first is right after the 11 o'clock service today, Pastor Allison is inviting anybody who's volunteering for Vacation Bible School to please join her. She's got some roles and responsibilities and details to hand out to everyone. If you can't make it this afternoon, there also is going to be a meeting tomorrow, uh, July 25th from 7 to 8 p.m. And her hope is, is that everyone will, who's volunteering will come and uh, just get all of their assignments, all the details, so that everyone is prepared to help with Vacation Bible School. In addition to that, uh, Habitat for Humanity Build is taking place Friday, August 5th. And and the last thing I want to share with you is we're uh, in the midst of signing people up for a photo directory. At this point, we're looking for about 100 folks uh, still at this point to sign up for a photo directory. If you're like, I don't really like having my photo taken, I stand in solidarity with you in that. Uh, I, I can really late. Um, I prefer taking photos, not being in photos, but I'm telling you, uh, we would love to have you included in the photo directory. And, and I signed up for mine. I will bite the bullet and, uh, and, and just come get my photo taken. We'd love to have you included in the photo directory so that you can be included in that. And finally, um, there's a UMW salad buffet luncheon, which I hear is excellent. I'm so excited uh, about this. We, it's one of the things that we haven't been able to do since COVID happened. It's back now. So it's Thursday, August 18th. Uh, 11.30 to 1 p.m. We really hope that you'll join us for that. I want to share with you as we go out the door today that um, the Staff Parish Relations Committee has been doing a lot of work recently, interviewing and, and sort of evaluating candidates. We actually have a couple of open positions that, that I'm excited to share. Uh, Julie Moran has been hired as a new custodian here at the church. You'll probably see her here Monday through Friday in the mornings from like nine to noon. She is energetic. She has a history as a general manager of a, of a fairly large hotel in Livonia. She's excited to be joining our staff and, and, and is excited to sort of help us with a lot of building-related issues, including our custodial services here at the church. So if you see Julie around Monday through Friday uh, in the morning time, I hope that you'll welcome her warmly to our staff. We're so excited that she's agreed to join our team. As you go out into the world, I pray that you would find some place to pray some time in your day to pray, some time to just cultivate, to listen, to hear God's voice in your life. As you go out into the world, I pray you would go with the blessing of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us go loving and serving the Lord. Amen.
We are so glad you worshiped with us. We are a church that strives to know God, love God, and serve God. You were invited into this mission by worshiping, joining one or more small groups, sharing prayer requests, and becoming part of the community. We are one church with two locations. The Whitmore Lake Campus is located at the corner of Main Street and East Shore Drive at 9318 Main Street in Whitmore Lake, Michigan. The Brighton Campus is located at the intersection of Brighton Lake Road and Grand River Avenue at 400 East Grand River Avenue in Brighton, Michigan. Please visit us online at brightonfumc.org for details about in-person worship at both of our two locations. We hope you were blessed by this worship. Please click the like button, subscribe to our channel, share this video, and join us again next week.